0: Umajana Tramandasha Jinajana Salakaya Chakshun Militanyena Tisma Sri Gura namaha Maha Bajakapatu Vishar Kreepa Sindabhiva Cha Pati Nabhavana Byovishna Vijinamuna Mah Good evening Begin by chanting the very first verse of the Mangala Charna of the Sat Sundarbhas uh, located in the first Sandarbha, the Tatva Sundarbha. Uh, that verse which reveals the uh, the glorious manifestation of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, who's hidden in many ways in the Kali Yuga. Uh, Hard to find things, particularly our way in Kali Yuga, so what to speak of finding God. So we'll chant responsively. Krishna Varnam Tusa Krishnam. Krishna, Krishna Varnam Kishad Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. 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 Sangopangastra Parsadhan. Sangopangastra Parsadan. Yagnai Sankirtana Prayar. Yagnai Sankirtana Pray. Yajantihisumedasa. Yajantihi Yajantihi In the age of Kali intelligent persons perform congregational chanting to worship the incarnation of Godhead, who constantly sings the names of Krishna. Although his complexion is not blackish, he is Krishna himself. He is accompanied by his associates, servants, weapons, and confidential companions. It's interesting to note, you can imagine so many great sadhus and saints studying Srila Vyasadeva's Srivan Bhagwata for 4500 years different sampradayas different acharyas different sadhus all studying this great scripture that Siddha Vyasadeva had left but none knew the purport to this verse none they all had purports to all these verses of the Bhagavatam but they couldn't figure this one out until the Goswami's came, Until Lord Chaitanya advent, so that's an interesting thing. That what didn't they see? It's clear it's as day there. to us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's called good association. That's called samskara. That's that is that is what we receive through the disciplic succession. we be, we receive those impressions that replace the impressions of material existence. We're very impressionable to say the least. Whatever environment we're put in it has an effect on us. Uh, Very few can be in an environment and not be affected by it. Those that can exist in an environment without being affected Uh, we call those realized souls sadhus uh, yogis they can sit in an environment and not be affected by whether it's hot or whether it's cold not be affected by what sensory things come in so I think this is very important for us to understand that we're in a we're We are engaged by some extreme good fortune uh, in a process it's not a mechanical process it's not a not a a system where we're going to work for so long and there's going to be a result. There may or may not be a result. What we're hopeful of is, if there is a result, the result will be that my impressions, what I experience, my experiential existence, will become affected by such good association that I won't be affected and impressed by the material environment. That in and of itself is sufficient, should be sufficient, should become our sufficiency. When we begin to hear transcendent knowledge, Sabda Brahman, and we're going to speak about this considerably in the next few classes, this transcendental sound vibration. When we begin to hear it from the in the beginning stages and we start to become enthused by our spiritual prospect we immediately set our goals as we've always set our goals in material existence we, we perceive something we want to enjoy it and we uh, we stake a claim on it um, we want to be benefited by it uh, and we we set out to try to acquire it or enjoy it exploit it basically. We don't like to use the word to exploit, but even whatever the relationship is, we're out to to win the day. You know? You wanna eat the best, sleep the best, have the best living arrangements. So we come into an environment and we hear from the sadhus and we hear about the spiritual realm and we we immediately get this the same propensity we're used to that conquering over it propensity it sets in because it's there already it's, it's burned into us this, this is the way we've always been in material existence since time immemorial it's been at uh, uh, you know a dog eat dog world so to speak uh, uh, the lesser food is food for the bigger more powerful one living entity is, is the prey of another So we hear about the spiritual realm and we immediately think, well, let me, let me strive for that. That has to be better. And we sometimes become confused. We, we confuse what the sadhus speak of when they speak of swarga, swargaloka, higher planetary systems, free of suffering of material existence, free of... of uh, of uh, the gross influence of, of passion and ignorance and we hear of Ikunta and we think well I want to go to that realm but what's our objective why well I want to merge into the supreme free from suffering I'd like to be free from suffering I'd like to be like God, same form. I'd like to be with God, associate with him, be around him, he must have some cool people with him. I'd like to have all the opulences and powers that he has. So we attain these desires for liberation in any different form. Salokya, Sayuja, Sabipra. And... It's quite an aspiration. But there's something more spoken about here when we talk about Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, something quite unique in what he came to give. He came to give more than that simple liberation. He came to give much more than that. He came to to allow the most unfortunate to become the most fortunate, he came to distribute freely praying bhakti, pure, pure, loving existence. So, in entering into this study of Sandharva, beginning with the Tattva Sandharva. Even though we've been practicing devotion, either for a short or a long period of time, either for a life or lifetimes, um, it's an extremely rare opportunity for us to enter into an understanding of the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is revolutionary an understanding of the Bhagavatam coming from the Supreme Lord's personal associates his his servitors his eternal companions all listed here Upāṅga servitors, Saanga, associates Astra Weapons, personal weapons. Parsadam, confidential companions. All engaged in this sankirtan sacrifice. Sangopam Gastraparsadam. Sangopam Gastraparsadam. So much is included in these words. That the Lord is coming with his his whole art entourage in his original form. Swayam bhagava And the unique opportunity I'm talking about is in coming with all of his eternal associates, his very close associates, we're able to see the topmost exchange of pray and develop that mood of service, a haitakya pratiyata, unmotivated, uninterrupted, those highest conceptions of service to the Supreme Lord coming to us through these Goswamis who are engaged in the highest service their eternal position, both in Krishna leela and Shaitanya leela, is cannot be superseded, according to our understanding of Vaishnavism, the Scottish understanding, the positions of the of the uh, of the of the servants of the gopis, and. Uh, The position position of the Goswamis in relationship to Sri Chaitanya Mahabrabhu, becoming the architects of his movement and allowing for that distribution of prem to the lowest of mankind. So when we look at what Jiva Goswami is making available to us, it behooves us to take full advantage of what's being presented in these Sundarbas, Because just like this verse, for 4,500 years, no one knew what this verse really was referring to until the Goswamis brought out the meaning in a similar way who knows the depth of unalloyed devotion that taste of praying more than the Goswamis that's our rare opportunity here so this evening I want to Continue a little bit and finish up with the Mangalacharna verses, the eight introductory verses to uh to the Tattva sandharva, to the whole whole Sundarva, the Satsandarbha, coming at the beginning. Um concentrating this evening on the sixth verse and the eighth verse, eighth verse in particular. Um because they hold some real significance to us as of as practitioners. And they hold a great significance, the eight verse does, in that it is, it is the seed verse. For the entire Sundarvas, this 8th verse, it's, it plants the seeds that will grow into, into a deep and rich understanding of the Bhagavatam through the Sundarvas. So if you remember from last class, this 8th verse dealt with Qualification. Adhikari, the proper adhikari required to enter into an understanding of the Tattva Sundarva, or best to say the entire Sundarvas. In English, the verse reads, this book may be studied only by one whose sole desire is to serve the lotus feet of Lord Sri Krishna. Well, if somebody's already at that stage of having the soul, a soul desire to worship the lotus feet of Lord Sri Krishna, what do they need the Sundarvas for? What's the need for the Bhagavat? They've already, that's, isn't that the goal being established by the author himself? That these sundarvas are to what to bring us closer to the absolute truth through the sound vibration of srimad Bhagavatam. so what's this mean soul that that to me says what uninterrupted high uh, key there's oh, nothing nothing. Und- nothing standing in the way that's all you want is just, is is to a Attain Krishna, so it would see that the the author is defeating the purpose here by qualifying his student to already be perfectly situated in unalloyed devotion. Problem. We look at the verse and we say, "Oh, well, that rules me out i have I'm not there yet." And he's saying this book may be studied only only uh, ekka solely eka bhajan. You can enter into the bhajan of the book only if you if you have your sole desire solely to serve the lotus feet to have bhajan at the lotus feet of Krishna. So This needs to be uh, investigated a little bit. And what we find in that investigation as I explained in the last class Srila Jiva Goswami himself wrote a commentary on his first four of the six Sandarbhas. Those first four Sandarbhas dealing with Sambandha Gyan he wrote his own commentary. Um That commentary is Sarva Samvadini what brings out the essence. I mean the essence of the essence. They never end with this essence. They're always drawing out more and writing commentaries upon commentaries. Let me bring this out even more because there's more here. It's transcendental. Uh, So In his commentary, what he said, he backs off. Jiva himself, he says, primarily, not solely, someone whose primary objective is the lotus feet of Krishna, is a ripe student for this study of Tattvas and Darba. that means we can go ahead. His verse says solely, but in his commentary, he says, it's okay if you're not quite at the soul, soul-soulful position of being solely sold out to your supreme soul. It's, it's okay. Proceed. So, But there's also a warning in this that the student of this work must be willing to turn his consciousness. He must be willing to change his consciousness. He must be willing to approach it. First of all, an outsider, someone who's just a philosopher, is not recommended to take take up this study. So, well, does that mean that they shouldn't? No, it means if you're going to take up the study, you need to take up the study in a determined way. You can't be an armchair philosopher and enter into the mysteries of the Sandarbas. The Sandarbas have so much more to give you. You will not get it. You're not going to go where I want to take you if you just want to look at this as a as a philosophical exercise. If you just want to analyze my words, my sentences, my paragraphs, the verses I quote from the Bhagavad simply with the desire to compare, compare philosophies between what is offered from subda, from transcendental vibration, and what is offered from the ramblings of your mind and the philosophers of your day, if you want to take that kind of an armchair approach to this work, you're not going to get anywhere. I I have something really substantial to give you here. A real gem. Something that's going to be very... Very helpful, very deep. The deepest understanding of yourself is available if you come with me, but you're not going to be able to come with that attitude. So that's what he's saying to the philosophers of the day. You really need to turn your consciousness... You you have to be willing to do that to enter into this practice to enter into this contents of what I'm trying to give you. Your inquiry itself should be rooted in a trans-egoic view. What does that mean? You've got to be willing to get above your ego. Whatever conceptions you have in relationship to your position. If you want to come into this and understand it, you have to transcend that. We want to go into the core of our. We can go through these books, through this Sandarbha. We can go into the core of our being. That's what's. That's that's the opportunity that's that's offered here the core of your being to know everything about yourself that's available but you're going to have to check your ego It's not, sub, it's not objective. This understanding, it cannot be measured. Just like now, science has come to a point where they recognize that an, the objective approach has reached its boundary. So beyond this boundary they now have introduced a different field of science, quantum. What does that mean? It means that they recognize that the observer himself, or selves, has an influence on the observed. They're starting to understand their consciousness has power over matter. I mean, they could have seen it all along, but they just didn't get it. They could have seen, well, the people that put together the great armies of the world were were conscious entities. The people that traveled and explored the world had consciousness. The people that built the great things or did the great science or performed the experiments and and came up with uh you know so many uh medical solutions to their problems, all were conscious entities, but still, when they looked at the world, everything was well it's just it's fixed so they they hit a barrier recently in the last few decades. this is wait the more I observe it my observation, observe, observation in and of itself is changing has an influence. Oh my God, man, look at what you've done in the world. Your influence has taken you where you are today. And now now is the time you finally come to realize that, that you have an influence on the matter that you've been you know, that you're in, your environment. It it does seem a little interesting that they didn't come up with this a long time ago because everything that they've accomplished is because they did something. Well, I can't make a, you know, I can't make 12 inches into 13. Well, actually, there's relativity and, they, you know, these, these... I don't understand all of it's about both me, but you know, They're getting into this quantum physics, quantum scientific inquiry where they understand their consciousness has an effect on what they're measuring. And science is not all about measuring anymore. It's something beyond that. So similarly, we have to be willing to go into a deeper approach to knowledge in order to enter into this mystery that's what is being spoken of here in this sixth Anucheda sixth or eighth sixth you said the eighth verse deals with eligibility no the sixth verse did I say eighth I misspoke if I did So, the, what comes out is another approach to look at this. What does it mean to, to, to really set aside the ego and come into this with the, in the proper frame of mind? Well, that proper frame of mind goes beyond mind. And what the commentator says in his commentary, I don't know if it's coming from Jeevas, I didn't check that today, but he refers to it as whole-bodied, a whole-bodied approach. And what he means by that is the whole of our existence all the different aspects of our body. So those different aspects are referred to as kosas. So, anamora-kosa, the physical body, anamoya. Pranamoya, which is our emotional body. We actually get have feelings. We have experiences, and those experiences bring us into feeling. We feel hot, we feel cold. And they, those those things also come to the stage of having an emotional impact on ourself. So, physical, emotional, monomoya, mental, our experiences have a mental, and vijnana, which is Atma, our self, our, self, our consciousness itself. Mm-hmm. So he's rec- what's being recommended here is a, a whole-bodied approach to this study. That's unique when you think about it. You have to, you have to surrender everything. Be willing to enter into it fully with your body, with your mind, with your emotions with your with your true with your whole being um, Of course, we know the other, which is the anundamoya, and from our lineage, our study when we say anandamaya. Uh, Kosa, we refer to the super soul that's the Vaishnav uh, viewpoint so Anamoya, Pranamoya maya vigyanamaya all these different Kosas constitute a whole bodied approach and that's what's being recommended here when we talk about qualification are you willing to do that to enter into this study give it your all all of your all understanding it's not just an intellectual interso- en- enterprise intellect in- it's not just for 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 an an enjoyment of the the intellectual pursuit in and of itself and for the sodica there's more involved here too That we have to be able to give up that conception of our own spirituality that potentially stands in our way. Um, We have to be able to fully embrace a, a conscious change where our sense of spiritual self where we we already have a a conception that I understand my spirituality. Um, I've already surrendered. I'm there. I've done what's necessary I have my beads I have my guru I have my sangha I I have a sense of what is my devotional life Um, but what we're speaking about here in the full-bodied approach is full self-surrender as deep as We can go by understanding, accepting everything that's favorable, setting aside everything that's unfavorable, accepting the the maintenance and the protection of the Supreme Lord, uh, and uh, being entirely humble. Yes, full self surrender. So that's what we're talking about. That's what he's asking for us as as students of his Sandarbhas is leave all that conception of of where you are and take advantage of full self surrender in understanding what's to be offered here. Basically, unconditional devotion to Krishna is the goal of our existence. Nothing else. Everything else has to be set aside. Whatever egoic approach we may have to our spirituality, we need to forego that. And in foregoing that, I will be able to, to give you the blessings that are being offered here in this Mangalacharna I am going to be able to take you to the feet of Krishna so a little on qualification in the 6th Anucheda, and then we come to the 8th which I want to go over a little bit more because there's so much there So let's let's see how did we get here? The Mangalacharanas. We know what what's what are the characteristics? Offering of obeisances, Namskar, Vastu Nirdesh, identifying the subject, uh, ashravad, uh seeking of blessings. Um, the beginning one is is the recognition of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as evidenced in the hidden in the Bhagavatam, uh, uh, taking shelter of Lord Chaitanya. Uh, so the first two Anuchetas deal with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, then the author offers his respects to Rupa and Sanatana Goswami. Um, he, in the fourth Anucheda he... Recognizes Srila Gopal Bhatta, Goswami, uh, as the true. He he's so humble in his approach as the true author. This whole I put this whole thing from his together from his notes. I rearranged some things and filled in a couple spots, but really it's Gopal Bhatta's work, without his notes. I am simply. I'm simply a petty jiva compared to Gopal Bhatta and and, and my associates. So that's the fifth anucheda, his complete humility in preparing the work. The sixth is for us as students you need some qualification and if you want to be a philosopher and you don't want to turn your consciousness, you don't want to make this a whole personal, give give your all then. It's not going to work. You never understand the mysteries that I'm going to be able to reveal here through the notes of Gopal Bhagavat Swami. It's important that what we're seeing here, what we what we experience in this Mangalacharna, is an a deep appreciation for how Guru Parampara works, how the Parampara works. Jiva Goswami, as the author of the work, is speaking to his lack of qualification, but his willingness to surrender to, to what, to that current of spiritual energy that's coming to him in succession through Sri Caitanya Rupa Sanatan and Gopal Vata Goswami. And you need to also enter into that current by, as I, the author, ha, if I have any potency in being able to present this, Sandarbis, Sat Sundarbas for your benefit, it's coming th- through me. Everything is coming, not, uh, not, there's no ego here. I'm just Das, Das, Anu, Das. That's, And you, as a student, you take up that mood that's my mood, you can enter into the full understanding of what's being presented to you in this work. In the seventh, he takes permission. After offering obeisances, to my initiating spiritual master and to those spiritual masters who taught me the meaning of Srimad Bhagavatam, I wish to write this book called Sri Bhagavat Sandarbha. There is a Bhagavat Sundarba, but there's also the Bhagavat Sandarbha, and that's what he's referring to all the Sundarbas here. So here he's begging for a blessing. I wish after offering my obeisances, they will accept and they will give me the power to do this. And then we come to the seed verse for the entire sats and darvas. This is the core truth of everything that's going to be put forth in this one verse we know what a seed is from we chant our seed verses every day right that seed is what helps us at this stage so for those who are taking mantra uh, Diksha you know there's a seed and you're familiar with that concept So. Verse 8 is the seed conception for the entire samdharva. It contains everything. The Visaya, the subject Visaya, Sambandha, Abideya, and Prayojan. This one verse contains everything of the samdharvas. It both describes the reality which is the objective of the work and it it, it describes the how we can attune our consciousness to that absolute reality. So this is the seed. The feature of Lord Krishna as pure consciousness without any manifest characteristics is called Brahman in some portions of the Vedas. In another feature, he expands as the Purusha who controls the external potency, maya, by his many plenary portions. In yet another of his per- principal forms, he is present as Narayan in the spiritual sky. By Kunta. may that Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, bestow love for himself on those who worship his lotus feet in this world. The entirety of the Sundarbas is meant as a commentary on this one verse. It's the seed of the entire work. We, we, we have a similar verses as this in the Bhagavatam. It is also a seed verse of the Bhagavatam. Vidanti tat Vidas us tatvam jnanam avayam, Brahmeti paramatmeti Bhagavan iti sabdety. The knowers of truth call this truth Advaya Jnan. Advayam jnanam, the supreme conscious being who is called Brahman by the Gyanis, Paramatma by the Yogis, and Bhagavan by the devotees. So very similar uh, to that verse is this seed verse. So Swayam Bhagavan is the subject of the work and the work, the words of the work, the sound vibration of the work is meant to signify him. So it's the signified will be sig, the signified Lord Sri Krishna in his various manifestations are meant to come out from the words. Now, what's important to understand is if these words are to turn our consciousness to an in-depth understanding of the supreme absolute, they're not going to be regular words. They in themselves have an inherent potency. So one of the first things that's going to be dealt with in the Sundarvas, in the Tat Sundarvas, in the very next few Anuchedas, is this idea that the words of the Bhagavat, Sabda Brahman, apurushe, they in and of themselves have potency they have spiritual potency so the work the sambandha of the work is the is the explanation of the supreme through these transcendent words if they weren't how could they how could they even begin to give us any explanation any understanding of the of the infinite of the ununderstandable the abhi. Deya is worship of his feet, and that will become apparent in the work. Specifically, when we come to that bhakti sundarva which deals with the practice. And the prayojan is praying, pure love of God. So that is what constitutes the objective of the sandharvas. And much emphasis is given in the beginning to a thorough understanding of the Supreme Personality. In the Bhagavat Sundarva, which is the second of the six Sundarvas, it deals with the Sri Bhagavatam, but it also deals with the conception of Brahmati. Then the third Sandarbha deals with, well, it's called Paramatma Sandarbha. And the fourth is the Krishna Sandarbha. So all three aspects have their own Sandarbhas. Of course, the first one deals with both the Bhagavatam itself and and brahman why why doesn't it have it, why doesn't Brahm-A-D have its own well it's indescribable <laughs> those that aspire to understand brahman what can we say about it we can't say anything because it doesn't allow any comparisons it doesn't allow any explanation those that adhere to that approach even of itself say themselves, well it, it, it can't be explained, it can't be comprehended, it can't be, no words can give it justice. So for those that look at the Bhagavat in that viewpoint, that's the approach that Jiva Goswami takes in the Bhagawat Sandarbha. In the very beginning, he does deal with it, thoroughly. And he's also going to deal with it a little bit here in the Tattva Sandarva. They always want to get it out of the way. Kick it out of the way. It's like, immediately the vaishnavas like this whole conception, this Brahman. All right, we recognize Krishna has an effulgence why you would be attracted to that and not everything else that's him. Not only his effulgence, his character, his pastimes, the sweetness. I mean, the effulgence is so secondary to what is Krishna. So, Brahman, eternal, conscious, unlimited. Satyam, Gyanam, Anantam Brahma. Then we come to Paramatma, the Antaryami, the different manifestations of Paramatma, Karna Dakshai Vishnu, Garbu Dakshai Vishnu, Kashira Dakshai Vishnu, all these different manifestations of Paramatma as the indwelling uh, super-soul of either the cosmic manifestation, the individual universe, or the individuals themselves. So, when we speak of Paramatma and its manifestation, we we are talking about all this antaryami, the indwelling personality, the indwelling uh, what's the use or the use eminence, eminence of the supreme, both within the cosmic manifestation. Within the individual universes, so karna Dakshai Vishnu, garbo Dakshai Vishnu, kashira Dakshai Vishnu, kashira Dakshai Vishnu, within the individual jivas accompanying them. So this is all Paramatma, and also within the universes, he's in charge of all the guna avatars. They're they're working under his direction for for. For creating the environment for the jiva and the leela avatars to offer an avenue to to develop some spiritual sense and develop some some sense of appreciation for the supreme. Of course, we know sometimes there's special uh, avatars uh, which. When Krishna himself comes, uh, he looks like one it see it appears that he comes through karnadakshai Vishnu, like all the other. he's coming into the to the atmosphere of the material realm, like the other manifestation the man- manifest avatars but uh it's he's distinctly different. He's Swayamrupa, independent of all other forms. He has his own self-existent form, uh, which is the basis of all the other forms. So that basically finishes up a pretty comprehensive understanding of what, I mean, again, it's a Mangala charna. Swami Triparari just w- wrote a whole book on a Mangala charna. so uh, we could spend a considerable amount of time going in deeper, but... Uh, we're going to proceed in our next class into uh, epistemological validity of the Vedas, the Itihases and the Puranas, culminating in Srimad Bhagavatam, the validity of them. So we'll take that up in the next class, dealing first with what was the nature of, of knowledge and, and how how this approach based on the Vedas, can be put forth in a way that all classes of seekers of conscious knowledge of their being can appreciate it in a non-sectarian way. But that requires what? Well, they can no longer be, they have to have the qualification. They can't be armchair. They have to be able to go with the whole body body, mind, emotions, self. They'd be able to have to be able to turn themselves and comprehend sub de transcendental sound vibration. But before we go there, let us look at the other methods of acquiring knowledge and their defects. Because we have We already have ways of acquiring knowledge. Jiva Goswami is going to put forth that really the way to acquire knowledge is through the Veda. And of all the Vedas, Srimad Bhagavatam is the topmost praman. So we've got to deal with, well, what about our senses? Why don't those work? So they have some defects. So he's got to deal with, there's four defects, and this is how they affect affect us in acquiring knowledge and and why they're not perfect anyway I don't want to go there but that'll be the next class we're going to deal with the other ways of acquiring knowledge and how Jiva Goswami can convince not only us who have some faith actually he wants us to go beyond faith he wants us to go beyond faith and he wants to explain to us the nature of transcendental sound vibration. So, there are any questions, thank you so much for your association. Hare thank you.